Family celebration days are a bit bittersweet for me. I love my family. I am deeply appreciative of all the love and support and guidance they've offered me over the years. And know for a fact that without them, me and my family, the one my wife Kathy and I have built together, might not exist. Or at the very least, we'd have struggled a lot more in the beginning to find our feet. And on days like today, I miss them terribly. Because I just want to hug my mom for the first time in three years, and the best I can manage is a Skype call following the service. But it's not the only reason days like today make me feel a little melancholy. It's because while I love them so much, and I know they love me, my relationship with my family is um, complicated. My teenage years were a bit rough. My decision to stay out east fraught, and our worldview and outlook on life frequently differ now. And like most families, we are very, very gifted when it comes to pushing each other's buttons. So there's some hurt there too, on all sides, which can make even the most casual conversation feel a bit like walking through a minefield. And I deeply regret that because I've always wanted to have a deep bond with my family. But the relationship we do have doesn't always match my understanding of it, which is kind of ironic as they're the ones who taught me what family is supposed to be. I mean, when we were growing up, we we're frequently told what family is, that family are the people you're bonded to by blood and birth. The family are the people who are going to love you and care for you. The family are the people who are going to protect and support you. That family are the people who are going to teach and guide you. And no matter what life throws at you, your family are the people who will always welcome and accept you for exactly who you are. And it's made pretty clear from the get-go that this is a two-way street. Just as they're there for you, they expect you to be there for them. But with an extra dash of respect and obedience going to anyone older than us because uh, that helps to honor their experience and uh, show our gratitude for all that they've done and continue to do for us. And it's a beautiful ideal, one I think many of us invest heavily in, and not just because we had no choice as children but to depend on them, but because we have a deep-seated need to belong, to be loved, accepted and supported by the principal people in our life because we know instinctively that life is a team sport and that the road ahead is going to be rough if we're forced to walk it alone. So family, at least the way we understand it, is the perfect solution. A ready-made group to which we automatically belong that's predisposed to love and care for us by virtue of being their offspring. Except it's uh, rarely quite so perfect, is it? I mean, we try hard, but blood and bone is no guarantee that the bond between us is going to be a positive one. Because while our family may love and care for us, that love and care often comes with conditions. They may protect and support us, but not always from themselves, and that support can be lacking if they don't agree with our choices. And yeah, they teach and guide us, but many teach lessons they didn't intend to, 
their negative example having been far more instructive. And no, they don't always welcome or accept us, too often demanding respect and obedience far beyond what they're due if we want to keep and enjoy being, having the privilege of being family. And let me reiterate, this stuff happens in even the best of families. Families that are genuinely trying to be good to each other, no matter how often they hurt or let each other down. Because most of it's unintentional. A thoughtless moment in which we're, we're overwhelmed by emotion or maybe a little too focused on us and our needs and forget that what's best for them isn't always what's best for us. But some families, well, let's just say some families don't try too hard. In fact, some of them can be pretty toxic or even dangerous. Because in these families, they don't love or care about you. They uh, resent and exploit you. They don't protect and support you. They abuse and neglect you. They don't teach and guide you. They warp and break you. And don't expect any kind of welcome or acceptance from them because you're not going to get it. And so, we start looking. Looking to find a family or create a family that will love and care for us, protect and support us, teach and guide us, welcome and accept us for exactly who we are. Because our need for family doesn't go away just because our birth family isn't everything we'd hoped it'd be. If anything, it's even more urgent because our sense of self is already a bit banged and bruised and we're going to need a lot of extra support to help us recover from the wounds we're already carrying. Now, we go about finding this family in a lot of different ways. Some find a partner and try to build a new family from the ground up. Many make friends who often have more in common with us than our family does and turn that found family for the love and support we need. Or we immerse ourselves in a community that understands what we're going through and offers us support, care, and a purpose as we try to figure out who we are and where we're headed. Needless to say, a lot of us end up checking out the church at some point because, according to the gospel, this is the full package deal. Got parents whose love is a little lacking? who are unsupportive or don't understand or respect you, or whose acceptance is contingent on expectations you know you'll never meet, know that God is your parent, that God's love is unconditional, that God will support you, that God understands you, and that God will accept you as is. And all that God asks in return is that you love yourself and others the same way God loves you. No mentors to teach or guide you? Or teach by example in all the wrong ways? Know that Jesus is your brother, and he will teach and guide you with the help of the Spirit. And that family you're looking for, the church will be your family. Millions upon millions of brothers and sisters who will each do our best to love and care for you protect and support you, teach and guide you, accept and welcome you to the best of our ability. And while that won't always be perfect, we promise to keep trying 
And when you make mistakes, we promise to forgive. And I imagine just hearing that reminds many of us of why we fell in love with God and church in the first place, or chose to be a part of this faith family, or at the very least, why have we stuck around for so long? Because at its best, the church does a fantastic job of being the family we need. But even at its best, it's not always a comfortable fit. Now, in part, that's because our faith family can be as flawed as the rest of them. And without meaning to, sometimes hurt happens. But I think a lot of it has to do with the way we subtly or not so subtly push our own brand of family values when we say things like, honor your parents, stick with your partner, support your children, care for your elders. In fact, do whatever it takes to support your entire birth family because it's no less than you owe them for your life and your care. And if they've wronged you, you have to forgive and forget because that's what God would want you to do. Which sounds good, I guess, but for those of us who lucked into birth families and not only cared or were able to nurture and raise them, that may be the case. But what does it say to those families who weren't there for them? Or whose every contact with family is so toxic that it makes their lives miserable. Are we still obligated to honor them? Is it up to us to forgive the unforgivable? To forget the unforgettable? Because preserving family bonds is paramount, no matter the hurt or the cost? Or how might a battered spouse feel when told to stick with their partner? Is that what God truly wants from us? To say, for better or worse, no matter how bad worse gets? And what if we don't stick around? Will our faith family still welcome and support us? And what if we don't fit on the whole husband-wife binary? Will our faith family support and recognize our relationship? Or will they reject us like so many others? Or what about elders who've been taken advantage of by their caretakers? Do they still labor under the obligation to support, accept, and welcome them? Or how about that one relative who's always asking you for money? Does God demand you give it to them? And I could go on and on like this, as there are no shortage of ways in which family can be awful to each other and abuse those bonds. But let me tell you, anyone who's ever suffered like that is going to be very wary about being a part of a faith family that seems to insist they've got to make nice with their birth family no matter how genuine their concern for us might be. So I think it's important, especially on days like today when our feelings around family may be a bit mixed, to remind ourselves and others that nothing could be further from the truth. When Jesus was preaching and teaching in his hometown of Nazareth, his healing hands and wise words attracted quite a crowd. But while some were excited and curious, not everyone was big on his message. And word was getting out that this hometown boy may be a bit off his rocker and making more trouble than his family could handle. So out comes his mother and brothers, all determined to take Jesus in hand and make him stop all this kingdom of God nonsense before someone gets hurt. But they can't get to him 
The crowd is too big. But it's still a small town, so it's not long before word gets to Jesus that his mother and brothers are here to talk to him. But instead of asking the crowd to clear a path, Jesus just says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Now this was quite the statement. This family was even more important than Jesus' day. Sacred even. But here's Jesus, boldly proclaiming that while your birth family is important, if you want to be a part of God's family, then God has got to be your top priority. So in 16 words, Jesus not only proclaims our found family is valid, but that our faith family in particular is of great importance. That the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Because not only have we chosen to be a part of God's family, God has chosen us to be a part of God's family. And the bonds we make by choice are far, far stronger than the ones that we inherit. So having affirmed that truth, that in God we are twice chosen, what does Jesus say this faith family ought to look like? Well, at the risk of being glib, it's defined by love and care, protection and support, teaching and guiding, welcome and acceptance, which shouldn't come as a surprise. It's not like we pulled those values out of a hat. They are and have always been gospel values. We just substitute the imperfect love we've known with the perfect love of God and set our aspirations higher by making a conscious effort to love ourselves and others the same way God has always loved us. Just like our brother Jesus did so many years ago. Now, you could say that puts a lot of pressure on our faith family to live up to those ideals, and you wouldn't be wrong because that's a lot to live up to. But please remember that while God and Jesus have always asked a lot of us, they've never asked us to be perfect, only to pick ourselves up and try again to be the people we hope to be, and that there is boundless forgiveness for those of us who keep on trying. It does require at least a little bit of stick to because whether we're talking about our birth families or our found family or our faith family, we can't just walk out on them the first time they disappoint us because sooner or later it's going to happen. And that's not fair to us or them as our relationships are worth more than that. There is real value in working through those things. And if God and Jesus demonstrate anything, it's a profound unwillingness to give up on us easily. But neither are they willing to just put up with our crap, as both have shown more than willing to kick the dust from their sandals and walk out on us if we insist on being hurtful. So no. God doesn't ask us to stay in relationships that are toxic or dangerous, no matter how close the kinship is or how great it would be if we reconciled. As we've talked about before, love has its limits. But what God does do is offer us an alternative, offers us a place in God's family where there's a parent who loves you, 
a brother to look up to, and squillions of siblings eager to embrace you, each willing to love and care for you, protect and support you, teach and guide you, accept and welcome you to the best of our ability. It may not be perfect, but God has chosen you to be a part of it, to be in relationship with you. So choose God back to be a part of this family and celebrate with us your family of faith that chose you and you chose and know that you're home. Now can you say amen to that?